Okay, so uh, here we go. All right, here we go. Every woman I know has at least one story. If given the opportunity to tell it, could change the world. You cannot heal what you conceal. Darling, you have got to say it out loud. You got to say it out loud. My name is Shauna Renee. And I'm here to say it out loud. You know what I'm saying? When you got a tribe, when you got a posse, when you got a squad. Say it out loud. Welcome to episode one of Say It Out Loud. I'm Shauna Renee, your resident storyteller. I have been telling stories in one form or another for over 20 years as a journalist, a producer, writer, and radio host. And what I've come to discover is that everyone has a story to tell that can not only inspire those who hear it, but also heal those who tell it. All you have to do is work up the courage to be honest. Say It Out Loud was born out of a conversation with a good friend who shared a deeply personal story about working up the courage to admit, despite being a 21st century superwoman, wanted and needed a man in her life. Something that we can all feel, but rarely are brave enough to say out loud. Now, while this podcast is about so much more than romantic relationships or the lack thereof, I thought it would be a good place to start because like my friend, I spent years in quiet desperation wanting a man to share my life with while walking around acting as if everything was fine without one. I kissed a bunch of frogs before I met my prince. Believe me, this is my own personal fairy tale. I was 12, an awkward victim of puberty. Thick, crazy hair, acne, and a strange body stuck somewhere between adolescence and womanhood. He was 12, probably just as awkward, but to me, perfect. He made me laugh, which was no easy feat considering I was a miserable middle schooler. I never understood why this kid took a liking to me, and and I dare not ask for fear that he might reconsider. Despite my hopes for more, I knew that his admiration had limits. We were friends and would be nothing more until 20 years later. Hold tight. I'm getting to that part. One of my fondest memories of middle school is that of a school dance. A couple of times a year, the school would hire a DJ and the seventh and eighth graders would crowd into the small gym and party to the sounds of MC Hammer, Dougie Fresh, EPMD and Lisa Lisa and the cult jam. I remember Lisa Lisa because that was the song that was playing when he walked over and asked me to dance my first slow dance. While I've always assumed the first dance ranks pretty low on the average girl's list of monumental life events, it ranked near the top for me. You see, my first kiss was with a guy I crushed on who eventually left me for my nemesis. My first time was with a guy that I liked but eventually left me for my friend. 
My first dance was with a guy that remained my friend until we went our separate ways. Me to a fancy private school in the suburbs and him to another school in the neighborhood. But I never forgot. Every time I heard that song, I remembered him. I remembered how good it felt to be chosen. Years later, I was sitting in a friend's dorm room at Howard University, sifting through a stack of photographs taken at Freaknik, and I saw him in a group photo off to the side. He looked nothing like the 12-year-old from middle school. He was much taller and was clearly spending a lot of time in the gym. Mm. The only thing that remained the same was his smile, and he looked happy, and, and that made me happy. Turns out my friend was still in contact with one of the guys in the picture, and I could have asked her to see if there was any way that she could ask him to pass along my number, but I didn't. Even though I'd gotten my hair under control and my face had cleared up for the most part and the rest of my body had grown into my thick thighs, I was afraid that I'd immediately revert back to that awkward 12-year-old girl if I ever spoke to him again. But I did think about him every time I heard that song, which was probably a thousand times between then and the day he friend requested me on Facebook 15 years later. And it wasn't just a regular friend request. This was a friend request with a message. Shauna Madison, I am so glad I found you. Every time I see someone from middle school, I ask about you. You look good. I see you're in D.C. now. The next time you come home, let's hang out. Here's my number. Call me. I replied, hey, good to hear from you. Yep, I'm in D.C. How's life? What have you been up to? Okay, let's pause here. I already knew what he was up to. I knew what he did for a living. I knew where he lived. I knew that he was engaged. I knew he had a kid. I knew what he did in his spare time. I'd been stalking this guy on Facebook for at least a year. Anyway, I ended the message with, I try to get home a couple of times a year. I should be home around Thanksgiving. I'll call you. That was around March. By May, I was headed back to Detroit. Patience is a virtue that I have never possessed. So I messaged him as soon as the plane landed. And by the time I got my luggage, plans were made to meet up for drinks the next evening. I found a cute little black dress, short but tasteful, made sure my makeup was flawless and my curls were popping and prepared to show my childhood crush just how good the last 20 years had been to me. I was in the kitchen talking to my mom when the phone rang. He was outside. Okay, so I guess he's not going to come to the door. But I was far too excited to care, so I grabbed my purse, kissed my mom goodbye, and headed out. I got in the car, and for about two minutes, we just sat there grinning at each other, like no words. He finally broke the silence with one word. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's so good to see you, he said. I don't mean to sound corny, but I have been waiting for months. Months? Ninja, I've been waiting for 20 years. No, I didn't say that, but yeah. He suggested that we hit up one of Detroit's new spots on Woodward. Now, this was back in 2010, and the city was slowly pulling itself out of the depression, and I was eager to see what the new Detroit was all about, so I agreed. We pulled up to the restaurant He got out of the car, walked around to open my door, and I finally got to see him in the light. All six feet, five inches of him, dressed to the nines, smelling good and smiling. Ah, that smile. 
The hostess escorted us to a small table in the back and asked if we'd like to start off with a drink. Yes, thank you. I'll take a Grey Goose Gimlet. He ordered a Shirley Tempo. What the fuck? I mean, that's what I said in my mind. What I said to him was, well, I guess it's best that you be the designated driver, you know, since I can't drive a stick. Turns out he doesn't drink at all. Oh, okay. So what, you're working your steps or? Nope, I don't drink. I haven't had a drink since I was in college. I got drunk one time and haven't had the desire to drink since then. (sighs) Bartender, could you make mine a double, please? We spent the next hour catching up on everything that had happened over the last 15 years. I told him about my divorce, my son, how I'd just been laid off and was making money teaching yoga. He shared he had just called off his engagement and talked about how much he loved his job and how his main priority was his daughter, who was getting ready to graduate from high school. And then out of nowhere, he says, you know, I've had a thing for you since I was 12 years old. (laughs) I almost cried. See, here's the thing. I hated middle school. The kids were mean. I was often the butt of jokes. There was nothing cute about me. And every boy that I liked from the fifth to the eighth grade showed absolutely no interest in me. It took me years of therapy to rebuild my shattered self-esteem. And now here I am sitting across the table from someone whose kindness I always assumed was pity, admitting that he actually liked me. Now, I'm no fool, okay? This declaration could have very well been a strategy to loosen me up, which wouldn't have taken much because I was already three gimlets in, but it didn't matter. It still meant the world to me. After dinner, we headed back to the suburbs, first to his place, (laughs) where we spent a couple of hours getting to know each other, and eventually back to my mother's house. Well, I opened the door to find my mother waiting on me on the couch, Let me remind you now, I'm good and grown at this point, but I guess old habits are hard to break. So how was it, she asked. It was cool. I mean, you know, it was fun. Now I'm searching for something to say to distract her from the fact that I just walked in her house at three o'clock in the morning. I came up with, you know, he doesn't drink or curse. She gives me this bewildered look and says, um, does he know you? Like I'm some kind of foul mouth lush. I mean, I am, but damn, huh? So that night, I would have been perfectly happy if things had ended there, but they didn't. We continued to see each other regularly for months. We worked out a plan to see each other as often as possible. Like I'd fly home one month and then he'd come to DC the next. And we even discussed the possibility of one of us moving. But I'd be lying if I said that things were going well. The red flags, I mean, they were just flapping in the wind. But the thing about red flags is that when you're looking at them through rose-colored glasses, they kind of just blend into the background. As time went on, I'd come to terms with a few things. For one, I could not get over the fact he didn't drink. Okay, so have you ever seen the meme that says, never trust people who don't drink, those bastards are up to something? Well, I'm not afraid to admit I live by that. Then there was the fact that I required way too much attention to maintain a long distance relationship. Needy, I think is how he described me. And while that may have been true, the Leo in me would never admit it. And since I had no self-imposed restrictions on foul language, I often shared a few choice words to let him know how much I did not appreciate his opinion. But the final straw came one afternoon as we were riding around DC. I took him uptown to meet some of my friends from college 
And on the way, I asked if I'd ever get to meet any of the people that he had gone to school with. He informed me that he didn't think it would be a good idea because I'd probably find it difficult to follow the conversation between he and his frats. I couldn't figure out how. I mean, I'm fairly smart and I'm sure that I could keep up with whatever it is that they talk about. But he insisted, adding that he was certain that the way they communicate is quite a bit different than that of me and my little Howard friends. My little Howard friends. When I tell you I clutch my imaginary pearl so hard, I damn near choke myself in real life. You better believe me. And once I caught my breath, I went full out bison on his ass, reminding him that Howard University is the Mecca, the place where ordinary people are transformed into something extraordinary. And that if his doctor, lawyer or favorite author is black, chances are they graduated from Howard or wish they had. And there is no way on God's green earth, a group of people from some small upstate liberal arts college could ever engage in a conversation that was too complex for a little Howard University graduate to follow. No disrespect to anyone who graduated from a small upstate college. I was mad. Well, the next morning we drove to the airport in silence. Needless to say, that was the end of our relationship and sadly the end of our friendship. About a year later, I'd heard through the grapevine that he was engaged to a woman that he went to college with. (laughs) It's all good though. Those few months taught me a lot about what I wanted and, and more importantly, what I didn't want in a mate. And I've since moved on and I'm happily married. Last I heard, he wasn't. There is one thing that I regret though. And that is the song that once sounded so sweet to me. Now just makes me want to spit. Inside I'm slowly dying. But the rain will hide my crying, crying, crying. And you. Listen, this podcast is not just about me. I want to hear your story. If you've got a story about the love of your life or love gone wrong or anything else that is of interest, please feel free to contact me. You can email me. I am at Shauna at sayitstories.org. And if you happen to be a business owner and you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, please feel free to contact me at that address as well. Until next time, my dears, make sure you take care of yourselves and most importantly, each other. And never forget, you cannot heal what you conceal. You got to say it out loud. Peace.